Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker, it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. All right, guys, um, let's get into it. So we are here on episode 86, five tips if you want to avoid failure when writing objectives. So that's what we're talking about today. We're in the grants formula, once again, and today we are on the fourth step in the grants formula, and that is N, narrow smart objectives. All right, guys, so here we go. So we're gonna get through our entire series on the grants formula, which is a proven strategy I've been using for nearly 15 years in securing grants. Last week when we went over the A, articulate goals, and this week we are landing on N, once again, narrowing your SMART objectives. I love writing objectives. I know, I'm such a nerd. But this actually is one of my favorite parts about writing a grant. Why? Well, if the goal is the anchor to the grant application, the objectives are the tangible how of writing a grant. These either can be the, wow, that's cool, part of a grant, or they can be the no way that's ever gonna happen section. So your objectives are really how you will actually accomplish the goal. And if your objectives are not smart, then your entire grant falls apart. So today I'm gonna break down how to write amazing objectives with five simple steps, the SMART plan. No, they're not wearing glasses. <laughs> they're not in the library, but they are SMART. But in the meantime, if you wanna grab that downloadable, if you have not grabbed it yet, there is a downloadable so you can fill it out for your cheat sheet and a free mini video series to follow along with the grants formula. So just go ahead and visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 86. All right, guys, but before we get there, I've got a review of the week. All right, I've got a review. This is awesome on iTunes for the podcast. So please, you guys, if you're out there, you're listening to this, you enjoy the podcast, please give me some love. Let me feel it. Let me feel your heart's beat (laughs) and drop me a review on iTunes. It really is awesome to see. And who knows, I might read your review. Like today, I'm going to read Kim Kim 150. And she says, the best info, delightful delivery. My boss asked me to look into some grant possibilities. I was completely overwhelmed. I bought a dummy book and that was still way beyond my skill level. I started listening to this podcast a few months ago and I have listened to almost every episode and I think I have listened to some episodes six or seven times. I have the Wish Granted paperback book, and it is awesome. Thanks so much, Holly. Oh my gosh, thank you, Kim Kim 150. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've listened to like every single podcast episode in some six or seven times. And you have my book. That is so amazing, and I feel so honored. So thank you so much, Kim Kim 150. I totally appreciate you, and I'm so thankful that you're finding value in this podcast and in the content that I produce. So thank you so much for um, stepping up and you know learning how to write grants for your boss and hopefully winning some. So please do share it with me if you win some grants for your nonprofit. All right, so let's get into it. Objectives are the how you are going to meet your goals. 
Narrowing down your objectives is imperative to writing a competitive grant proposal. And I use a SMART formula to narrow down all of my objectives. And I'm going to talk about these five steps. So what does SMART stand for? You may have heard me talk about it before, but repetition is king. All right, you're going to know this like the back of your hand. The S is specific. The M is measurable. A, achievable. R, relevant or realistic and T, time-bound. We are going to review the example we have been using over the last couple of weeks. And this is different than the example I give you in the downloadable cheat sheet. And that's just so you have more examples to view, right? Instead of using the same one, I use the soccer one a lot in my book and in the cheat sheet. But for the podcast, I wanted to come up with something different so you can hear the information in a different way and have more examples. I feel like that is one of the strongest ways, you know, we don't always need to recreate the wheel, right? But it's giving different examples of how you get around that wheel can um, sometimes be the most helpful. So in our example, the last couple of weeks that we've been using on the podcast is for a nonprofit, and this is a fictional nonprofit, but it's based on real information. So when I was looking up teenage pregnancy, I said, hmm, where's the highest teenage pregnancy in the United States? So I can kind of like start formulating some kind of example that's very real based. And I found New Mexico. New Mexico has the highest teenage pregnancy rate in the United States. So we imagine we have a nonprofit and maybe our nonprofit already has a housing program for pregnant teens or teen parents, right? And they want to provide more kind of programs or different things for these pregnant teenagers or teenage parents. So what I did is in episode 84, episode 84, that's the need section, what we found is that there's a lot of information out there and research that states that teenage pregnancy rates, high teenage pregnancy rates are related to teenage poverty and to poverty in general as well as teenage pregnancy being a cyclical thing as far as teenage parents, their children are more likely to become teenage parents and to repeat that cycle. So I said, okay, our problem statement then was, the teenage pregnancy rate in New Mexico is the highest in the nation with 62 out of 1,000 teenage youth pregnant compared to the US average of 18.8. And that was according to the CDC 2017. So that is real information. So then we went into episode 85 last week where I discussed how to articulate your goal or goals, right? So now we said, okay, there's a huge problem. This is our problem. Now, what is the goal? What do we actually want our project to do? So we're writing a grant. What do we want our project to be? And we said, the project will increase fiscal management and job wages for pregnant teenagers and teenage parents. So we said, okay, that is the overarching behavior change goal that we want to accomplish with our project. So that is awesome, but now how are we gonna get there? And that's what we're talking about today. The objectives really show you the roadmap on how you're gonna reach the goal. So let's break down this acronym, yeah, the SMART acronym once again, and by the end, we're gonna have all of our objectives. And I'm actually gonna do three objectives. So let's figure out if they're SMART. All right. Objective one, 100 pregnant youth or teenage parents will receive 20 hours of financial literacy training by July 31st, 2020. Objective two, and don't worry, I'm going to break these down. So don't, if you have, don't remember these right away when I'm going through them. 
75 pregnant youth or teenage parents will have completed their GED or high school diploma by June 30th, 2020. And objective number three, 20 pregnant youth or teenage parents will be employed by December 31st, 2020. All right, so let's look at S, specific, right? Are these specific? Well, for our first objective, we're gonna focus on 100 pregnant youth or teenage parents, and we're gonna focus on the financial literacy. For a second objective, we're really focusing specifically on 75 uh, pregnant youth or teenage parents for completion of GED or high school diploma. And then for our last objective, we're looking at 20 pregnant youth or teenage parents that will be employed by a certain date. So all of these are pretty specific. And you could even break down number three into more specificity if you knew which kind of jobs even. Maybe you have partnerships with certain work workforce places, right? That would be amazing. So you could even break it down more. But for our time being, this is pretty good. Now, are they, remember the M, measurable? So you need to use quantifiable terms to describe how the process will be measured. So example, we have two different quantifiable terms in our objectives. Sorry, before I get into the examples. And I just want to show you that you can use it in different ways on how you measure things. So the one type of measurement we're using for all three of our objectives is what? The number of youth, right? 100 for financial literacy, 75 GED high school diploma, 24 employment. Now the other measurement we're using in here is specific completion. So IE, that would be 20 hours of financial literacy completion of degrees, actually being employed. So you have these types of measurements as well. So you, this is actually twofold and that's fine. You can have more than one way to measure your objectives and sometimes it's better because then it's more what? Specific. All right, let's move in to A, achievable. <laughs> All right, so is the objective achievable within the duration of the project, resources, budget, etc.? So whenever you're writing your grant, you sometimes may need to tweak your objective when you get to the budget component and think, uh, that we just don't have enough money. The ceiling for this grant doesn't have enough money to do 100, the teenage parents or pregnant, pregnant youth. So we need to bring it down to 50, right? So do give yourself some room because it all needs to work together. So example, this would be balanced by the needs and the number of the current youth served. So if the nonprofit serves 300 pregnant youth or teenage parents in housing projects currently, then these numbers may be very achievable to have the 100 served, right? And the 75 and the 20. However, if your nonprofit currently only serves 20 youth in your projects and you're gonna be aiming to serve 100 youth, that sounds like a lot more than you even serve currently. You can do that, but you need to have a good recruitment plan. Like maybe you have a memorandum of understanding with your um, local department of education and you're able to go in the classrooms and talk about your program and get you know teenagers on board. But of course you see, you're also trying to get people to get their GEDs and their high school diplomas, so you might be actually reaching dropouts. So maybe going into schools isn't your best place because they're not there, right? So maybe you have another recruitment plan of how you're gonna reach out to those youth. And the same thing like if you said, we're gonna reach 3,000 youth, but you only have 1,000 youth in your city, like that's totally not achievable. So you wanna make sure you're not just trying to say we're gonna do more numbers and is even achievable just because it looks better for the granters, or like the people who are reviewing your grant, right? 
because it doesn't. Grant reviewers can see through that. They're gonna be looking at different things in your grant to kind of connect this and say, is this even achievable? However, you don't wanna to go too low with your numbers where it's like, okay, we're gonna give you a $5 million and you're gonna serve two people, right? So you really do have to kind of balance it out and to really think, just remember, remember what you go back to, and this is kind of what I always say is, be logical. Just what makes sense, right? So always think, okay, what, this doesn't have to be so complicated. What makes sense? Okay, our next thing, R, is for relevant. Now, does the objective relate to the problem statement or goal? Is this even relevant to the problem, to your goal, to anything, right? <laughs> is it totally separate? You know, oh, we're going to open a cat grooming school. What does that have to do with pregnant youth, right? So, but our objectives are very relevant. These are all possible solutions to help pregnant youth and teenage parents get out of teenage poverty and break the cycle of teenage pregnancy, right? Giving them the skills of financial literacy, uh, having them achieve and get their GED or high school diploma, getting them employed. These are all things that can help them get out of poverty. And then of course, last but not the least is T for time bound. Do you have a date for the objective to be completed? And my tip is always to you guys, you start off in the beginning with a date with of your objectives or you go ahead and you end it. So you're either by the date we're going to do blah, 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 or we're going to do blah, blah, blah by the date. So it's always easier just to put it at the beginning or the end. And these objectives, if you didn't notice, they have varying degrees of completion. And I did this on purpose because this can be done. It doesn't always have to be by the end of the grant, you're gonna do every single objective. You can have your objectives finish at, at different times. And a lot of times this is actually very common because you might be developing curriculum in year one, piloting in year two, and then you know actually launching in year three. And these would be tied to three different objectives. So that's okay. Once again, does it make sense? And for this one, it should, right? So your first one is, of course, the first objective is longer than the second, but that's okay because the financial literacy program might happen during the summer, right? So we said, once again, 100 pregnant youth or teenage parents will receive 20 hours of financial literacy training by July 31st, 2020. So we're thinking of some of these people then that, you know, are getting through this program, they also might be getting their GEDs because we're gonna look at objective two, right? So then they might have the summer to do their financial literacy. But all of them might not be going to school and that's why you have less people in objective number two. But overall, the easiest thing to be completed out of all your objectives is 20 hours of financial literacy training. And that's why we have the largest number of youth, 100, in this objective. It's very doable. Okay, they need to know how to manage money. You know, it's nice that they do this, especially before they get employed. It's nice that they do this, but they they focus on finishing their school degrees first, right? So our second objective, 75 pregnant youth or teenage parents will have completed their GED or high school diploma by June 30th, 2020. And I just kind of threw that out there because I mean, schools in different places get done at different times and that's just like, okay, it should be over by then, right? Everything should be tied up. And once again, that's less. That can be the same, some of the same youth that went through your financial literacy training program. So it doesn't have to be 100 youth go through liter financial literacy. 75 different ones 
get their GED or high school. No, these are all the same group, but you know, you're not going to have 100% of them finish every single objective, right? You have to be realistic. All right, and the third objective is 20 pregnant youth or teenage parents will be employed by December 31st, 2020. So now you're going to give them another, you know, about six months now that they have their GED or high school diploma of those 75 youth, right? Now 20, you're going to say, are going to be employed. And we're going to find out how in your activities. All right, guys, so that's what I got for you today. I gave you three different objectives that are all smart. And you can see how these objectives can set you apart from someone who doesn't do the smart objective approach. Maybe they just say their objective is to have youth learn financial literacy, graduate, and get degrees, right? Like, <laughs> then it's like, okay, that's something that's nice. Maybe they're, you know, but it's nothing smart, right? I can't see how you're going to reach your goal if you're just going to learn financial literacy, graduate, get degrees, and maybe get employed. Like how many? When, when are you going to do that by? Like I'd have so many questions as a reviewer. So this is really to help you to become a lot more specific and to learn the SMART process. The difference is yours has a plan and you see the other person's is just a wish. Remember, your goal without a deadline is just a wish. And I'm totally quoting that. <laughs> All right, so to review how to write SMART ob objectives, remember, they need to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. I'll see you guys next week when we go over how to develop timetable activities for your objective. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> Anyways, we're peeling back the onion layers even more. If you are a visual learner, you're going to love next week's episode. In the meantime, grab that downloadable for your cheat sheet and free mini video series to follow along with the grants formula. Remember, just go ahead and visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 86. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 